that's better. I was saying that 35 years ago, I could only imagine having a movie trailer for VBS, for Vacation Bible School. And uh, I'm envious of those who get to work on this creative stuff like that, and I'm joining in wherever I can. But I'm just so excited that we have opportunities to do stuff like that. It's fun. I'm going to admit to you, it's fun. We used to try to make movies back in those days, and we had to use 8-millimeter film. And even then, you know, you had no sound. You, had, you couldn't do any special effects. But even then, uh, it was difficult to find people who could develop that 8-millimeter film. And it was back in those days of 8-millimeter film that I was at a vacation Bible school as a, as a young teenager. I think I was the only teenager at that vacation Bible school that first night. And Brother Ed Spurlock from Farmington was leading our VBS at the Winslow Church of Christ. And he was the one who told me <clears throat> not to miss out on the joy of being a Christian. Now that VBS back then was far different than what we do now. And I'm not saying that that was better or this is better. They're just different. But they had one thing in common. What they had in common was that the gospel was good news, that something was being communicated about the gospel being good. And I'll always be thankful that Brother Spurlock made it clear to me that before you even You know, before there's anything like hellfire and brimstone, there's the joy of being a Christian. That that it's not just turn and burn, it's how would you like to have joy and peace and hope? How would you like to have happiness in your life and have a fun-filled life? Or would you you rather just accept mediocrity? All of that was presented to me even as a young person, and I was unpacking it in the years that follow, still am. The goals and the objectives are the same in all of these things that we do. This VBS will even look different than some of the vacation Bible schools that we've done here. And it will look different than other events that we have. But all of these events have something in common. I'm thankful for not only vacation Bible school, but what we've been doing now for a few years at SoulQuest. And everything like that. I'm thankful for it because it represents our commitment to young people. It represents our commitment to the gospel. And it represents our commitment to communicating the good news in creative ways. And I think that's so important to be creative about it. I want to tell you two reasons why I think that's the case. West Ark has a long-standing tradition of, of... implanting faith and nurturing faith in children. And years ago, it was back in 2008, that we were trying to define, well, what is it that we do? We have, the, we have the mission statement. We want to make disciples. But how do we focus that? How do we get that on the ground? And we came up with four words. Campus, kids, healing, and hope. And we've been fulfilling those over those, those, those years since then. And our commitment to kids, our commitment to youth, is something that we believe in. Even before we had our first children's minister, we were were emphasizing that. And I'll tell you why it's important. I want to read to you from Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering Jesus. 
When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter into it. And then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. Our commitment to implanting faith and nurturing faith in children pleases God. I'm fully convinced of that. Why? Because Jesus Christ made it a commitment in his ministry to bless children. Did you notice what we just read there? Jesus wasn't indifferent on this matter. He didn't just say, oh, well, you know, I understand. Some of you have kids. Some of you don't have time to find a babysitter. We've got a nursery back here. Look at this verse. The disciples are scolding people who are bringing their children to Jesus and saying, don't bother him with that. And did you notice the reaction of Jesus? He's not indifferent. He didn't say, hey, let's not do that. That's not good outreach technique. We, let's improve our... He's angry. It's pretty clear. I mean, there's a few times in Scripture where you'll see that Jesus laughs or he's joyous. And then there's a few times that you'll see he is angry or he is indignant or he is emotional. On this matter, he is angry when they are hindering the parents who want to bring their children to him. So I think it's pretty clear where God stands on this, where Christ stands on this, and our commitment to implanting faith in children. I'm going to tell you right now, it pleases God. I'm quite confident of this. So when we are creative in how we communicate the good news, even to our youngest ones, we are pleasing God. It was just this week, uh, Melly Priester and I were talking, and she reminded me of what one of our, we have a professor in common, we have a teacher in common, and she reminded me what he said, and the gist of it is, he said, when you study scripture, when you do academic studies in, in, in the Bible, the goal is not to publish papers and to present great academic wisdom, but the goal is to be able to explain the gospel to a five-year-old child. That is the highest calling of communicating the gospel. Because if we can reach those people that Jesus cares about, beginning with the children, then we definitely please him. So number one, the reason why this is right and good to be, why we should be as creative as we can in communicating the gospel, is that it pleases Christ. Secondly, is what I call an overlooked parable. I don't know, some might debate whether or not Matthew 13, 51, 52 is a parable. I don't know if it is or not. It fits right at the end of a set of parables. I like to think of it as a parable. It's an image. It's a metaphor, a lot like the, the the other parables. But Jesus urges us in this parable to be creative and be innovative. He wants us to be, in his words, scribes who are trained for the kingdom of heaven. Now, our theme at the Vacation Bible School will be the parables. And that has set the tone for the preaching for the last five weeks. That in each of those parables, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like this. And did you notice that Jesus, even as he's teaching, in his sophisticated teaching, he's taking simple images from the world that people live in, and he's explaining it on that level of the child. He's explaining it in a way that everyone can understand 
the goodness and the importance and the, the mystery of the kingdom. And then at the end of Matthew 13, he says, now that's what the kingdom is. Let me tell you what a kingdom scribe is. A kingdom scribe, then, is this. He turns to his disciples after this list of parables, this reading of this teaching of parables in Matthew 13. It's, it's the sum of his sermon. And he says, now, have you understood all this? You know, I, I, ought to, I ought to end more sermons that way, to be honest, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. Finish the sermon up and say, do you understand this? And I ought to be expecting you to say, yes, you know, or give me a no. I mean, you know, that just means I need to go back and do better work. But, you know, no, yes. They say, yes, we understand it. He said, therefore, okay then, that's what that means. He says, okay, then every scribe who's been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. Now that's an image from their world. The image of a, of a, of a keeper of treasures or the keeper of a storehouse. Somebody who brings out what's just appropriate for that moment. And he says, those are our scribes for the kingdom. What does that mean, though? A scribe for the kingdom. What is a scribe? A scribe is someone who is a skilled teacher. We might think of it as, and by the way, in, in his world, a scribe is someone who had not only the ability to write, but the talent to write, and that was considered a special skill. It's not something that everybody picked up. Not everybody learned how to read and write. But a scribe was somebody who was specially trained. So you've got this this scholarly person, and, and scribes are usually negative because you always see a, a group of people causing Jesus' problem, and who are they? They're the Pharisees and the scribes. These are supposed to be people who are knowledgeable in Scripture, who are experts. But Jesus says that the scribes trained for the kingdom are not like the Pharisees, but they're creative people. They are people who are creative in, in telling the story of the kingdom of heaven just like Jesus was, teaching parables that might communicate things in a very old way or it might communicate things in a new way. But the point is the same, to get across the mysteries and the teaching and the good news of the kingdom of heaven, to explain that the kingdom of heaven is this. That's what a kingdom scribe does. Now, at this point, some of you might be thinking, well, you know, I, I, I don't know that I can be a scribe. I'm not a very creative person. I'm not very scholarly. That's not what it takes to be qualified to be a kingdom scribe. The qualification for a kingdom scribe, according to that verse we just read, is understanding. Jesus says, do you understand what you've just heard? Yes. Then a scribe trained for the kingdom is like someone who brings out of the storehouse treasures old and new. And you see, God has equipped each and every one of us to be a scribe if we understand the gospel. And I'm going to assume, although I can't assume this completely, but I'm going to assume that everybody here understands the good news. And there may be some of you who don't. And let's just kind of encapsulate it very simply. The good news is this, is that God has a purpose. God has a plan. And that God sent his son to give us purpose and meaning. That sin doesn't get the last word. 
that because of what God accomplished through Jesus on the cross, but also in the life of his son, and then in the resurrection, and then exalting him so that he is now king, he's Lord of lords and king of kings, he is the one who rules, that means sin doesn't get the last word in your life. And that means that your life has a purpose that fits into God's kingdom. That means we can be disciples, which means to be a learner. We learn from Jesus, and we live a very new kind of life. That's one way of telling the gospel. That's that's how I tell the gospel from Scripture. It's right there. It's in Scripture. But people are going to emphasize different ways of telling that as they point us to the truths revealed in Scripture, revealed in the teaching of Christ and the teaching of the apostles. And I want you to understand this. That if you understand that and you've experienced that, even if you've only experienced that for a short time, you are qualified to be a scribe. Because every day that you and I experience the gospel in our life, we're we're storing up treasures in the storehouse. I want to encourage you to be a scribe by thinking about how God has worked in your life. That's not indifferent. That's That's not unimportant. That's very important because you'll be able to communicate the gospel from that experience. If people like me are the only ones who are qualified to communicate the gospel, then then we're in a lot of trouble because I cannot share the experiences that some of you can share because it's your story to tell. Our sister Gina Belotes in Bulgaria And one of the things I've always told Gina as she went to Bulgaria is that she will be able to tell the gospel in ways that I cannot because her experience is different than mine. And also, she comes from a different perspective. She comes from a perspective of a younger person. She comes from the perspective of a female. She's going to be able to connect to people in Bulgaria that I will not be able to connect to. And that makes her eminently qualified. And let me tell you what makes each and every one of us qualified is that God has done something in your life. And if God has done something in your life, then you tell it. And you point to the gospel. You have an experience of the gospel. It's not just a rote formula that you have to memorize the way you memorize answers for a history exam. It's a living word, and it's a truth. And and, and we ought to be able to draw out both the old things that we've learned, and use whatever is appropriate for the moment and draw out also the new things that we've experienced. This idea of treasures new and old points us to what it means to be a scribe. Uh, Imagine, for example, one of those old-time hardware stores. Some of you have been to those. I remember one in uh, near the town that we lived in in Texas. Uh, the second time we lived in Texas. And they had this old hardware store. And there were things that were hard to find. I remember one time my dad said, uh, you know, one of the things I'm looking for is I'm looking for those old tire repair kits. Now, he's talking about the old one, not the stuff with the sticky glue. But this was the kind where you had the, the, the uncured uh, rubber. And then what you would do is you'd put it on there. And I always remember this stuff because it involved fire. And so you would light a match to it. The thing would light up. It would cure the rubber, and it would stick to that. And he said, I really want some of those kits. And I said, I don't know where you find those. And he says, I don't either. I go into this old-time hardware store, and I ask the guy, hey, do you have any of those uh, tire repair kits? And I can't remember the name. I'm like, it's the, and he's like, well, what kind? I said, 
It's the kind you light on fire. Oh, yeah, I know exactly what you need. And he goes back there, and he finds this, and he brings it out. Now, you remember stores like that where you can go in, and they'll find something, and you can tell them, this is what I need, and they know exactly what you need. Sometimes you don't know what you're looking for. But you know it's a good storekeeper when you go in there and say, well, you know, my problem is over at my house, I've got this thingamajig that connects to the womper jaw, and, and, and the, the, the hoosits is all messed up in between, and I need a uh, well, whatamarang to go in the middle of that. And I know exactly what you need. And the guy goes back out there, and he brings you apart, and he says, this will work right here. Wow. I mean, when you've got somebody like that, what are they doing? First of all, they're paying attention. They're paying attention to your problem. We all get disappointed when somebody says, look, if you don't know what you're looking for and you can't call it by the right name, then come back here when you learn your stuff. Well, we're not going back to that store. But when somebody pays attention to you, they say, I think I understand your problem. And then they start working with you. When we pay attention to people, we pay attention to their story and we pay attention to their experience or their inexperience with God or maybe they think they've had a bad experience with God. But before we correct them, we pay attention to them. And then we pay attention to what God is doing in our lives and the lives of others. And maybe we even see what God is doing in the life of that person. And so then, like a good storekeeper, like a scribe trained for the kingdom, we're able to apply the appropriate fix. We're able to apply the appropriate prescription. We're able to apply the, the appropriate wisdom to their situation. We find it. And that means that we might find something very old that's been time-honored. Or it means we might find a very new way. It might mean that we teach the gospel by reading words like John 3, 16, God so loved the world. How much did he love the world? He loved the world so much that he sent his son. And whoever believes in him, his only son, and whoever believes in him won't die, but will have everlasting life. And you just say that. You just... You share that with people. That works. Or it means that you might have to begin by getting on their level and you might have to bring Bible Bear in. You know, and Bible Bear may need to get people's attention, then you can explain it. But both old and new, it's not that one is better or, or, or one is worse. It's that they can both be appropriate so that we can be scribes who don't just know the story, but we can tell the story to others. We've done that. What old and new both have in common, old and new ways of telling the gospel, what they have in common is the good in the good news. The the news is, is unique, but the way we tell it may change, but what it always has in common is that it points to that news being good in some way. Next week, Lord willing, when we get here, we've got this set up for VBS You're going to get a little taste. All of us are going to get a taste of what we're doing. And the reason we're doing that is not just to put on a church event, not to bring all these kids in here, but we want to bring bring as many people as we can. So I want to encourage you to look over those forms. I want you to think about it. I want you to be involved. But I tell you, we're implanting faith in people by doing that. And I see that. And one of the things that you're going to see is a lot of the adults who are working on this VBS... They were part of the VBS here that we did decades ago. They were part of that that event or that Bible class. They were kids here, and now they're wanting to do it, and they're bringing their kids. And that excites me because I see them 
not just growing up and saying, oh, you know, religion was fun when I was a kid. Going to church was fun when I was a kid, but now I've got to endure it somehow. No, they've still got that good joy. They've got treasures in their storehouse, and they're wanting to share it with their kids, and they're wanting to share it with others. And that encourages me. And all of these young people that have grown up here, whatever they're doing, whether they're preaching, and so many of them, whether they're preaching the gospel in another country, whether they're preaching the gospel in this city right here, whether they're working for churches or somehow in their profession, whatever it is, whether they're in education or business or whether they're in the creative arts or whether they're in medicine or, or, or whatever it is that they're doing, they've got a higher calling that attaches to that. And they know that what they're doing fits in to the opportunity to be a scribe for the kingdom of heaven. I hope this underlines for us how important it is to affirm the little ones and bless them in the name of Jesus even now. Because when they grow up, they can become champions for the kingdom. But they do that when they receive that blessing from Christ. So do you understand all these things? Then if so, let's stand, let's encourage one another with these songs, and let's bless one another in the name of Jesus Christ.